Good Wednesday afternoon, Saskatchewan. Jamie Nye and Drew Romenda with you here on the Green Zone. Daryl Davis dropping in about a half an hour from now with his double take with all these riders. Sorry, not signings. I'm going to make a mistake, Drew. I'm going to say it wrong. Uh, all these terms that have been agreed upon uh, with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the free agent window. That is, uh, that's the phrase that pays this week. Agreed to terms. What's the difference? Like honestly, if you if you're allowed to negotiate with the players, yes. and you're allowed to agree to terms yes. and announce that you've agreed to terms, why no, the they, hell they can't, can't we sign they can't them? announce it? It's all the insiders who are announcing it. No team okay. has said squat can you, about you anything. Can, okay, so then you can negotiate with these teams, these guys. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. why why the moratorium on the signing? Because there's a 48 hour window after the negotiating window in which a team like the Toronto Argonauts can actually say, Oh, we'll uh, pay you $500 million to stay with the Toronto Argonauts. And they have that right. But nobody's ever, nobody's ever done it, but it's nobody's ever done it because everybody's already gone to, this is what we're going to pay you. That's it. That's go to, okay. See what you can get. They, and once the player has already agreed to terms, they pretty much already said, yeah, I want to play for this team. So its I don't think it's ever happened where someone's agreed to terms and then went, never mind, see you later. The bureaucracy of leagues, sports leagues. It's amazing, isn't it? Baffles me at times. Like you, you, People have to come up with this. Did you hear the mistake made? I, maybe you didn't. In the uh, transfer window in soccer, one player in soccer? No. No. You know the sport I do not pay attention to? No. It was like the Dale Talon of the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, yeah? Instead of pressing submit, they pressed save. And by the time they realized they did not submit the transfer paperwork, it was too late. And they had, like, made the announcement and everything else and... Whoops! Cost Dale Talon his job with the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, wow, who that was? Uh, Duncan Keith and yeah. Brent Seabrook, wasn't it? Yeah, for their yeah. restricted free agent offers when they were younger. He uh, yeah. didn't uh, get that paperwork done properly. Well, we we were part of the the trade no trade. I told you the Kelly Kissio story where there was a fax machine that. Didn't, the facts didn't go through in time. How many like, times is Kelly Akissio a shark and then not a shark in that five-minute window or whatever that was? Four times. Four <laughs> times. <laughs> he's times. gone. Nope. Never mind, Drew. Yeah, he's not mind. He's not gone. No, he's, he's a shark. He's Drew, gone. come back in here. Got an update. He's out of here. It was, it, was a, it was a phone call. It was We were at the Drake Hotel in Chicago and Bob Murdoch the late great Bob Murdoch kept calling my room after we had had the conversation with Jack Ferrar, our general manager. And Bob kept, uh, kept calling me back. So and at one time he just, he, <laughs> this was mud. He was so funny. One time he just phoned and went, he's neither. And then <laughs> hangs up. <Flip>. The phone. <laughs> so I had to call him back. What? <laughs> now a free agent somehow. I don't know what happened. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of paperwork being filed with the league and all these other contracts. Riders today, again, another ag- terms have been agreed upon with uh, linebacker Adam O'Claire. 
A Canadian linebacker played in Ottawa. He'll take this spot of Micah Tights. They like A.J. Allen, too, who's still under contract for Canadian linebacker, uh, which was another spot of need for the Rough Riders and just going down the boxes to check. There's two more. There's two more for me. This is Jamie Nye's priority list, not the Riders necessarily. I don't have access to the big whiteboard in Jeremy O'Day's office, even though I know there is one there, and I know it has names and contract numbers and everything else. Yeah. J.O. came in here once. Uh, They got rid of my whiteboard. They haven't put it back up yet since our renovations. It's over there in the corner, not hung up on the wall. Um, And he came in here, and he looked at it, and he's like, hey, I have one of those in my office, too. Looks exactly like, because I had the depth chart and everything. He's like, that is almost exact. No, I don't have that player there, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> every GM, every sports, they've got a whiteboard in their office. So uh, my list, receiver, American receiver, and defensive line, defensive end in particular. And they're they're starting to dry up there on the depth and who's out there in the Canadian Football League. There's some intriguing names like Lecky Whitehead as a receiver still out there. Uh, Coxie just got re-signed by the Toronto Argonauts, the rare re-signing by the Toronto Argonauts in this uh, w- negotiating window. Uh, defensive lineman Malik Carney, someone I've liked in Hamilton, who's still a potential free agent. So we'll see what other moves uh, that Corey Mason, Jeremy O'Day uh, get here to improve the Rough Riders. Dave Naylor is coming up from 505. He's he's in Vegas, but he's covering CFL free agency right now. <laughs> he's dropping. He's, he's got... Travis Kelsey over here to talk to uh, about catching passes from Patrick Mahomes. And then, oh, wait, what? Uh, who did the Riders sign? Okay. And his contacts on the other side of things. I work in CFL. Busy guy uh, will join us. Fingers crossed at 5.05. He had to bail yesterday because he, all the other stuff was going on in CFL free agency. But, Drew. Yeah. Trap game last night for the Edmonton Oilers. Got him by the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Stanley Cup champions. Against the Stanley Cup champs, it's a trap game. Aiden Hill. He's come back from injury. He's 3-0 and and has played outstanding as he did last night for the Vegas Golden Knights to end the streak at 16 wins for the Edmonton Oilers. I love reading comments on articles that... Like the fans, fans commenting yeah, underneath yeah. the article? Yeah, I love reading those. What? Because I don't read them. Shows, oh, I do. I, I I almost goes directly there just because I want to see the absolute inane takes of people cheering for or against. Sometimes those teams. are in the article, but anyways, well, uh, continue. Yeah. Um, and many people who love the Oilers were talking. Yeah, but if it wasn't for goaltending. Yeah, but if it wasn't for goaltending. Which is like saying, yeah, but if it wasn't for quarterbacking the Kansas City Chiefs wouldn't be in the Super Bowl. If it wasn't for, you know, Have you seen Stuart Skinner's numbers over the last 16 games? It's it's part of the game. It's part of the the game. There is a goalie in the game that's involved. In order to get the the puck into the net, you have to get it past the goalie. The goaltending is allowed in the National Hockey League. That would be like, oh, 16-game win streak for the Oilers. Yeah, what? If it wasn't for McDavid. If it wasn't for goalie. Yeah, it wasn't for McDavid, where would they be? Exactly. No, he's just, on the ice. I love those. I love those takes. It's like, yeah, well, goaltending's part of it. That's the way it works. In fact, we've pretty much seen every single year that if you don't have a great goaltender, you don't win, period. So, so. 
the uh, Oilers streak uh, ended last night at 16. Uh, they go to Anaheim Friday, uh, LA Saturday. Uh, but Drew, um, I was interested on this. Uh, one of the big stories uh, in NHL, of course, is the Four Four Nations Cup. That's what they're calling this thing. Yeah, the Four yeah. Nations uh, face off um, with Sweden, Finland, Canada, and the U.S. for the NHLPA. Yeah. That's next year, and then the Olympics after that. Now. Uh, the insiders are saying this about the Olympic team. And I don't know if I like this or not. If you are interested in playing for the Olympic team, one of the major things that, as an indication of you saying, oh, yeah, I want to play in the Olympics, will be invites to the world championship this summer. Yeah. That Hockey Canada will feel that if you want to be on the Olympic team, and we send you an invite for the world championship this coming year, you might want to say yes. Let's just say, let's just say, not saying it's going to happen, but let's say the Oilers get knocked out in the first round. <laughs> and Connor goes, I don't think McDavid, Crosby, McKinnon count to this. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> but how about McCarr? How about any top player? I imagine he's also exempt. Um, <laughs> but I'm looking like, but, but hey, Canada, what, about, what about Mitch Marner? What about okay. maybe a John exactly. Tavares? What about a uh, Steven well, Stamkos who wants to, you know, who may now be on the bubble uh, for a, an Olympic team for Team Canada? If you want to, uh, if you are to Hockey Canada, mind you, you know what? Hockey Canada doesn't ever doesn't really pick them. They really don't. The The guys that pick them are the NHL coaches who get picked by Hockey Canada to... And it sounds like Doug Armstrong, coach. GM of the, the Blues, might be again yeah. tapped to be the general manager yeah. of the, the Olympic team. So Hockey Canada right now can say whatever they want. IIHF can say whatever they want. But when the big boys roll in and put on their Hockey Canada polo shirt that they're given yeah. when they get the job... Yeah, you're not going to be able to say to Doug Armstrong, I don't know if you know Doug very well, but um, I know him a little bit. You're not going to be able to say to Doug, no, you can't have this guy because he didn't come to last year's World Championships. <laughs> yeah, Brayden Point uh, has 30 goals yeah. through uh, 20 yeah. games this year, but he didn't but, come to the World Championships, so I think we should leave like him it. off. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to I heard that from one of the insiders. Forget which one. I was like, come on, there's not a chance that they're going to be, oh, he didn't come to the World Championship. Screw that guy. He's not playing on the Olympic team. No, I, I'm sure that, that is, that's the thought process rolling around the, the, the new heads at Hockey Canada. And there was a rumor about that the last time. But I, I can't see when the NHL um, coaches and GMs come in that pick the team, actually pick the Olympic team, that that's going to carry any weight whatsoever. Who's going to be the head coach of that Olympic team? Yeah, Coop, be there. John Cooper, yeah. Jared Bednar would probably be in the conversation as well. Marty, you know who else will be in that conversation? Marty St. Louis. That guy has mad respect throughout the league. What about Patrick Patrick Waugh? Well, we just see what Patty does yet. (laughs) But Martin St. Louis has mad respect. I've been told by more than one person that played for him or, or, or played 
one played for him, one played with him, and one coached him, said that's the smartest hockey player they've ever been around in their entire career. That's high praise, especially coming from some of these guys. So Marty, Marty will be in the conversation for sure. <laughs> well, he best say yes to Hockey Canada Talk. if they want him to coach the world championship team. I'd Rick Tockett? That much. There's a lot of good coaches out there. It'll be an interesting. Well, John Cooper will probably be the head coach, but it'll be interesting to see what the assistants yeah. roll in. Andre for, Andre Turney, the way he's the way he's worked for Hockey Canada. So and there's, there's a lot of guys, and there. there's always a, a French speaking Canadian on the uh, coaching staff. Yeah. Always has been uh, yeah. when it comes to the Olympic team. Uh, Lemaire was uh, in there, and well, I think he was yeah. always the guy. Uh, that was on that coaching staff with Babs and everybody else back in the day. Jamie and I, Drew Amanda, with you here on the Green Zone. More to come, including a double take with Double D. A lot of rider news going on this week as we'll get Daryl's assessment on the work done from Jeremy O'Day coming up at 335 on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie Niger Romendo with you here on the Green Zone, getting set for Daryl Davis's appearance uh, for Double Take with Daryl Davis with the uh, Rider News. Adam McClare has uh, agreed to terms with the Rough Riders, a Canadian linebacker played with Ottawa. That goes with Jameer Thurman, A.J. Olette, um, Jalon Edwards-Cooper, and, of course, Jermarcus Hardrick. Uh, have all agreed to terms with the Rough Riders as Jeremy O'Day has been a busy general manager leading up into next week's free agent deadline. I'm Jamie Nye. He's Drew Romanda. This is the Green Zone on a snowy Wednesday afternoon. Uh, in the province of Saskatchewan, I've been updating the highway hotline just in case uh, we see anything pop up for uh, any delays. It looks like uh, more blowing snow, poor visibility, uh, Highway 10 through Regina, Fort Capel, and through Balcaris and over near Kupar as well. So uh, that's and more southwest. But everything's winter driving, and not yet. I don't see any major highways with travel not recommended. But we'll bring you up to speed as we get to... Uh, Daryl Davis. A double take with Daryl Davis. Hi, Daryl. How are you? All right, Jamie. Sloppy out there. In, Is it? In Regina, driving around. Yeah, don't splash anybody. It's, it's not like freezing. It's no. more wet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard the Environment Canada meteorologist call it heart attack snow. It's like what? Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> Remind me not to shovel because of the, I know it, it's wet and heavy, and you go out and shovel, and it's. I was. I've never heard it referenced that way before, but envi- it, maybe it's now an official Environment Canada term, Drew. Uh, heart attack snow. Means all get right. A, get a snowblower. Yes. Oh come on! Just. <laughs> Drew, I moved out of my house because I didn't want to shovel my driveway anymore, man. I'm I'm in, town, I'm in a townhouse. Yeah, I, I was done with shoveling driveways. He's got people for that now, yeah. Drew. I don't even have a lawn anymore. Enough. They shovel the driveway, though, and oh, uh, it's no lawn. I don't cut the lawn, and I was sick of replacing water heaters because oh, Regina's water is tough on water heaters. 
You might as well just be in jail then. For no, I love it. You don't, it, you don't, man. You don't get I you don't get it. it to go out and cut the straight lines, and then <laughs> don't you look? Don't you look at the, your lawn after and just yeah. think to yourself, "I'm so much better than my neighbors." <laughs> yes, I, I had an yeah. angular pattern too. You're right. That I was. Oh, I, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I mix them up. I so, sometimes I go diagonal. Sometimes oh. I go straight. I horizontal. Sometimes I go vertical. Oh, okay, but you don't do the crisscross. You never do the crisscross one. Like, oh, you did. Oh, yeah. Of course I do. I do everything. And my lines are perfect. My and then I just stand back are. and I look. I stand back and I look at my lawn and I stand proudly and think, as my neighbors come out and wave and say, and I go hi. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm so much better than you will ever be. <laughs> and th- that's the end of my day, and I'm pretty proud of that. Aren't your in-laws your neighbors? Don't you like? Are you? What's your point? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, Daryl. Yes. A double take on the work done so far from Jeremy O'Day and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Well, even before free agency started, before the the tampering window, the you know the uh, negotiating. Negotiating. I like the tampering line. It's a good one because that's what it was set up for to prevent tampering. Uh, before they even entered into that week, they had done a good job, Jamie. By the time they signed Sean Bain Jr., they had everybody. When you and I would sit here and kind of chat about who they had to re-sign. They got everybody they needed to re-sign back on con- under contract. And since then, they've filled in pretty well, haven't they? It, it was it was interesting to watch, but when they got A.J. Olette, that really moved the needle. I, I, that's, that's the type of signing that you go, wow, they're really all in this year, aren't they? They're going for it. And they filled the holes that they've needed to. They brought in the guys they've needed to. They're not done yet. And maybe there are a couple. Well, what do you know? Reported. You got any? You got no. any breaking news for nah, us? I will just. I just. I sit back and read the transactions and see what happens. <laughs> Follow Justin Dunk on yeah. social media, and then I assess it. That's yeah. what I do. That's, that's what we're here for, right? To assess it. Now, how much? Sorry, how man. much depth do they have? Like when you look at this now, what is hurt? What hurts every team is is depth or lack of it. When they, when your key guys get injured. When you're starting to look now at what he's building, or maybe is it too early to even ask that question about their depth level? Well, Drew, let me tell you one thing. They had a lot of good second stringers last year, and they were starters. So now if you bump these guys back, yeah, they're pretty good. good. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, their secondary depth, um, Edwards Cooper adds to that. Their linebacking depth, they have two now starters, and then they're, they have a lot of Canadian line, young Canadian mm-hmm. linebackers behind there too. Defensive line. I'm still looking for defensive linemen. I don't really like their depth there. You're hoping and fingers crossed one of these guys pops and turns into the next one, but I don't know how comfortable you are. Although Corey Mace has uh, got some experience coaching up the next one when it comes to defensive linemen in this league. Yeah, he can he can probably elevate that position as well as anybody around can, can he? He know he knows what it takes. And you know, Matthew Betts is still out there. Maybe oh he's that, imagine getting him. Britton Gray and I were just talking. They have money available, right? When you think of the guys who these free agents are replacing, there's some money left in the bank. The riders know that they, they've got a pretty good plan here. You know, things can always go astray, and they, they have. We've probably said this a few times over the past few years, but uh, the what they're doing looks pretty solid. Okay, this is a coaching question more than anything. Because some people have been talking, I just said, about Corey Mace can coach defensive linemen. But how much? Coaching, can he actually do on defensive line as the head coach when he's got to oversee everything? True, but they always seem to migrate to where they know the best, right? When you watched Kent Austin coaching, he hung out around the quarterbacks, right? When you watch Craig Dickinson, 
he was always with special teams. And we say, well, why aren't you paying attention to the other guys? Well, because he liked doing those bat around the ball drills, right? It seemed like so. And we, we Chris Jones on defense, yes. right? So they, uh-huh. they go where they feel most comfortable. They spend more time there. They try to get to the other spot, but they often hire people they trust. And he certainly trusts Mark Mueller to be the offensive coordinator. So he'll let him do it and figure things out in meetings. And, and Corey Mace will probably most of the time be there because that's where his area of expertise is. He's got to learn to be a head coach. That's one thing that he's he's obviously working on, but he will still migrate to where he feels most comfortable. Yeah, I, I, when you look at it when it comes to football, without a doubt, you look at Kyle Shanahan, he coaches offense. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid calls the plays for offense. Um, yeah, the, the, you, you have to, I think I think a head coach, very few will give up who they are to be the to, to be the overall overseer of everything. Yeah, right? and Corey's gotta, still calling the defensive yeah, plays. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you want to have player. you want to have that in there. Mm-hmm. That it's like you said though, Daryl. It's it's. Do you trust the Do you trust the guy that you've got? And you wouldn't hire him if you didn't. Right. But when he starts making calls and you don't agree with and it becomes a consistent thing how do you handle it then you have that's, to step in and that's that's what the first did. test yeah you're a great point drew because but you do for a while right and you say okay yeah, yeah. tell me what you're doing and, and let's feel this out what here's our game plan here's what our offense is going to look like it's going to be geared around now that they got Hardrick playing tackle and they got Ouellette running out of the backfield what do you think they're going to be they're probably going to be a pretty solid running team now too and and that's what you even though you don't always run in the CFL, you have to be able to run when it's important. And this way, this team is built that way now. It's, it seems to be capable of that. So that's what you go in with the philosophy. And if it falls apart, then you meet with Mark Mueller, your offensive coordinator, and say, wait a minute, it's not working, or you're not making the right calls. Let's change this. What are we going to do next? And Corey Mace will do that. I think he, I think he's, he's never afraid, it seems like, to, to stand up for what he thinks is, what he thinks has to be done. He is going to find it a little bit different, though, right? Because he hasn't been calling the shots from an overall team point of view. So it might be a little different for him. But I think he's he's just – we're all talking about what a good leader he seems to be and the way he can handle people. I think he's. I think they're pretty well positioned. I, I'm more optimistic about this team than I have Are you back to 10 time. wins? <laughs> well, You yeah. want to make predictions this year after your 10 wins last yeah, year? Yeah, remind me about that one later on. Right? <laughs> Trevor Harris got hurt, didn't he? <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, that Britain Gray's. Is. I think Britain Gray's playing on the parade. Actually, is he already? Yeah. Britain's way ahead of us on this one. Well, you know Britain, though. Hey, always the optimist. <laughs> always the optimist. Absolutely. Okay. Double take on Super Bowl Fifty Eight in Las Vegas. I'm glad to see. You. I was worried that it might have been you climbing up the sphere today <laughs> uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, but what do you think of the matchup, the Chiefs and the Niners on Sunday? Um. Who am I picking, or what do I think about? It? Am I going to watch it? Yeah, it's going to be great, entertaining football. There are some great players, and the the story, the Brock Purdy story, just keeps getting better and better all the time. And when you think Mister Irrelevant, I, I just love that story. Christian McCaffrey, watching him play, watching these these great players. Patrick Mahomes is as exciting a quarterback as you'll ever see in this game. Uh, I know that we're concentrating on the offense, but that's kind of what you do quite often. I can't wait to see this game. Uh, these are the teams. You know, at the start of the season that we probably would have picked, there are highs and lows, right? Like what happened to the Eagles, right? I had the Niners and the Bengals. Oh, so. were you close? Okay. Well, I had the Dolphins and anybody, so let's just 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But there were some ups and downs. But the teams who, you know, if you hadn't looked at it, this is objectively at the start of the year. These are the teams that you probably expect to be there, even though Kansas City had it kind of a wild and winding road to get there, wasn't it? Yeah. You, you thought all the way along, oh, they can't do it. Well, they can do it. Their defense has been great, and the offense is playing as well as it needs to. They've been there before, as I, I heard. A you got a winner? Of, I guess. You got a winner? Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, it's tough to bet against Kansas City, isn't it? Just because they've yeah, done right. it before, and I think that's yeah. that's who I would that's who I would think. You too, Drew. That's your. I'm not predicting Careful. anything because I don't predict it because yeah. it's because it's because uh, it's football. You're, don't let your neighbors I, hear you. <laughs> no, they. Like, there's a lot of people around. Like they're. I'll say this about the Bay Area. Their their fans are not. Um, blind homers they see when it comes one thing the fans here that i've learned and i've really appreciated being a broadcaster here is the fans don't want to be bs'd and it's pretty much everywhere but some networks that you work for don't quite understand that fact <laughs> um but they they uh they break down games pretty good here when it comes especially when it comes to their niners are they picking Cheering against the niners yeah. though like does everybody like ooh, don't like our chances no, it's just no, everybody's pretty. They're pretty straight up. They have they have optimism in that team because of McCaffrey, because of Bosa, because of Kittle, because of Samuels, and because of Brock Purdy. Especially what Brock Purdy in the last two games, getting to here, getting to the Super Bowl has brought two games where he, well, the first game against the Packers wasn't very good at all until the end when it was clutch time and the old well they can't come back. Brock Purdy never comes back. He's not able to do it. He did it mm-hmm. and he did. It did it again against Detroit um, against yep. Detroit. So they think there's been big growth there. One of the things that there was talked about today was uh, all the players saying this guy, you don't understand what this guy has gone through to get to where he is and how mentally strong he is. Mm-hmm. And the fact is he's also never changed, never changed as a person, as, as that guy. So they're optimistic, but I think when you look at it overall, yeah, I'm, it's, it's the Kansas City Chiefs as Patrick Mahomes in the in the Super Bowl. Very very rarely once does that ever go wrong. Uh, coming up here on a double take with Daryl Davis, we'll flip the script over to the NHL, the All Star Game, and of course they're going back to the Olympics. This is nine eighty CJME and six fifty CKOM. I'm Jamie Nye. He's Drew Remenda. To my left is Daryl Davis, our game day analyst, columnist, re- columnist, regenerally sure, reporter, columnist, columnist. Uh, prefer columnist. The columnist. That's okay. what they I think that's on my contract. Although I've never seen the contracts, so. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of like here. <laughs> so you, you want to show up? Yeah, okay, I'll be here. Yeah, is Drew on? Yeah, okay, we'll talk to Drew. Okay, okay. Um, uh, I, there, here, there's one person. Well, maybe Drew a little bit on this. Who's sometimes talked about professionals in the Olympics is going to Daryl. If we had a choice, would the, I want the professionals? The, the, in the NHL's going back to the Olympics. I know. Uh, I, I'm okay with it because of what it's become, right? The track and field athletes are Usain Bolt is not a, an amateur athlete, right? When when he was competing, but I do go back and, and Drew Drew will know this because my dad was. Invited to play for the 1968 Olympic team and got bumped by Carl Brewer, who was a reinstated amateur at that time. And it was an amateur program. Morris Mott, Fran Huck, all these guys who had gone to college and wanted to stay and play and represent Canada. My dad coached the 1980 Olympic team, which was an amateur team. 
you know, they're playing against a Russian Red Army team. I realize that they're professionals and just the definition is different. But if I had a choice, Jamie, I would, since you're, I know that's what you're after, I would say I would prefer just amateurs in all Olympic games because that's, that's how it's worked. That's what it was intended to be. I know we can't go back. It's like video replay. We can't go back. Okay. Please. I understand that, but please can we go back? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks guys. But if it was the best, if it was, the the Olympic ideal is amateur athletes, and and I would prefer it, but it's never ever going to go that way. So I understand. I worked for Hockey Canada and Dave King mm-hmm. when it was a full time amateur uh, national team program. Yeah, and was that the eighty eight Olympics? Was that that was just after the eighty? It was built it built in it. But I, I came in eighty eighty eight just after the Olympics, but before that, it was still the, the mm-hmm. full time amateur program. It was a group of guys who forego the AHL or IHL experience or the European experience to stay in Calgary and work every day and go to the Isvestia tournament, uh, go to the Spengler Cup, yeah. um, have have um, t- teams come to North America to do um, a, a traveling kind of a tour against the Russians or the Swedes or whoever. And it was a group of athletes and coaches who, for me, made me fall in love with the game because of the purity of their spirit of wanting to go to the Olympics and the Olympic drive. When I was offered the job by day, by George Kingston to come to San Jose, I turned him down three times because I wanted to go to the Olympics in Albertville. Until Dave King slapped me across the side of the head and said, what are you doing, dummy? Go. It's a great opportunity. And he was right. Yeah. But it's it was a like it was just a purity to their to their their drive, their mm-hmm. ambition that I really admired. I, I lived in a trailer for a couple of weeks with my dad coaching on the, the Calgary, beside the Calgary, the, yeah. the old Saddle Dome, Saddle, right? Or the yeah. old corral, it was, where right. the team yeah. trained. Or like uh, Glenn Anderson, Randy Gregg, all those guys were on that team. And I saw that amateurism. And you're right, Drew. That's I fell in love with that. I just thought, how these guys, rather than make money, they're going to represent Canada. And I, I thought it was cool, but... It ain't going to happen anymore. We, fine, we're we're fine. living. Come on, you, you're not going to turn it off when it's no, of course McKinnon not. I, over to McDavid. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I understand what it's Connor come Bedard to. to Drew, and I, Drew and I have never been more aligned on something, which really surprised me, Drew, because you and I have so many disagreements. But on this <laughs> yeah. one, you and I totally synchronize oh. on this one, and I think that's pretty I cool. Think we- we lived it though. Yes, we did. I think yeah. We've got a it's, a. it's a different connection for us, say, as opposed to a um, a, a hockey fan. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it's it's more personal for us. And it's pure. Yeah. The purity yeah. of the game. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was it was a great it was one of the best times in my life that I got to work for Dave and the and the national program. Yeah. It was uh, amazing. But real quick, uh, are you with us that the Americans are probably the favorite to win gold though now? Yeah, they got better the, goaltending. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> Although you right, Aiden, Skin, those two Aiden last night were Canadian Aiden, kids, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. Stuart Skinner and Aiden Hill last night. And I'll tell you, as as Jamie and I have talked about the kid we got here when Kenzie Blackwoods found found his game again. Okay, and we've get, I, you might be okay now if I'm looking at those goaltenders continue to play. Yeah. Canada's going to win the gold medal. Well, they're not going to get Carter Hart. Yeah, that's for sure. We're right? ways away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, mm-hmm. not going to happen. 